0: got fired in Milwaukee after three years as their hitting coach, principally because he was overseeing the demise of Christian Yelich. No matter what they said to the contrary, it was about Yelich. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. And yes, this actually is about the Pirates because the Pirates over this Thanksgiving period hired Andy Haynes to be their new hitting coach. This excites me not at all. Like, zero. If there's a minus zero on the scale of getting excited about hitting coaches, I'm okay with being gauged there as well. The Brewers, last year... Ranked 6th in the National League with 738 runs. That's actually okay. But their 713 OPS was 20th in baseball. Their slugging percentage of 396 was 23rd. I, I don't have a nice way to say this. If you're playing at American Family Field, the former Miller Park, and those are your numbers you're doing something very, very wrong. And I am not just saying that because I have heard whispers for years about the brewers doing their own version of sign-stealing in that place. I'm not accusing them of that. I am sharing that others often accuse them of that, and angrily so. And that's been going on for years. So if you have those two advantages, and you have the natural, massive, home-road splits that the Brewers have had for a decade now, and you still can't hit, and you have Christian Yelich on your team who was able to hit falling out of the womb... And you haven't unlocked an answer for him after, really, two years. If you think about it with Yelich, because it wasn't just the 2020 short season when he really fell off, because that happened to a lot of players, including here in Pittsburgh. When it continues the following year, then you haven't found an answer. And when you get into the playoffs... The way the Brewers did, and you lay a total, total egg offensively. That points to one guy. That points to one guy and it was the hitting coach. So Ben Charrington and Derek Shelton, who a former hitting coach himself, who is no doubt going to be influential in any decisions related to that spot, fired. Rick Eckstein, with a month left to go this past season, said they wanted to bring in somebody who fit more in in line with what their own thinking was about the position, which, again, and understandably, means it's going to be someone who aligns with Shelton, his previous role, again, having been exactly that when he was with the Rays. All of that's fine. But are you telling me that out of the whole field... The whole wide-open world of the industry of Major League Baseball that the one guy you could get was someone who had just abjectly failed at his job. Oh, and by the way, had done so right in front of you in the division. I'm not going to bury this guy as, as contradictory as that statement will sound compared to everything else I've just said so far. But I feel very comfortable and justified entering this individual's tenure in Pittsburgh with a hugely cynical eye. I don't get this at all. I don't get how you could have had X number of other hitting coaches already here in Pittsburgh or in the organization and felt so casual about either A, firing them like they did with Eckstein, which I have no problem with, or B, bumping them to another job like they, they're they about to do with Mike Rabello, who was an assistant hitting coach. Now he's going to be the third base coach. Those two things have nothing in common. Was Rebello really that worthless in his role as assistant hitting coach that He couldn't have been promoted or considered to be promoted. I mean, what were you doing with the hitting coach positions in the first place to have been able to dispense with these people so routinely? There's nothing that I like about this. And I'm not to, you know, ride off on a tangent here, but I'm not. Anywhere close to sold on Oscar Marine, either, as the pitching coach. His evaluation for me is the simplest of all. Maybe the simplest of anybody in the organization. Ask yourself who, under Marine, got better. Individuals. Who got better? What do you want to say? David Bednar? Chris Stratton? Is that what you want to go with? Okay. Bednar came from somebody else's organization's organization. Stratton, I you can give him credit for that. Stratton's done some different things. But is that what we're talking about here? A you know, middle back-end reliever? Who's Marine made better? You can't go with Mitch Keller either. I'm giving that one to Joel Hanrahan in Indianapolis. So, I, I, I look, you can come up with all kinds of fancy slogans and cute t-shirts and they're doing that now in Bradenton with a just get better at baseball program that they have and unless you're actually making players better it's just talk this is so important i know it's not generally what people want to hear about when you're talking about the pirates or baseball but listen they're they're in the mode of needing to take High-end type prospects, meaning the uh, high-risk, high-reward types, and maximizing them, that can require elite instruction, and most commonly does. And if these guys that they've had to date either are valueless to just be dumped away or moved to third base coach, or they're not getting results that is a far bigger concern than anything that happens with any individual player at any level of this organization when we come back just one question It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always by the good people at the North Shore Tavern. Directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. Home of Steak on a Stone. Home of a complete, thoroughly satisfying menu that comes to your table in a surprising hurry considering the quality of what's at hand. That's not an accident. That's something that owner Mike Sukic insists on. He knows that he's got people coming in who only have so much time for lunch, dinner, whatever it is, that they need to get moving, and they don't want to sit there waiting and waiting and waiting. At North Shore Tavern, you're going to get your food within minutes. Again, so much so that you'll actually be a little bit startled by it, but in a pleasant way. Visit North Shore Tavern directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. Our J1Q today comes from Gary, who asks, Are we thinking of the rotation in the wrong way? In other words, do the Pirates plan to just have arms who start as opposed to traditional starters? Gary, the organizational stance on starters versus openers versus the thing that they actually seem to do, which is to have a handful of guys making four-inning, five-inning starts, has never, never felt crystallized for me. Uh, I'm never too proud to, to be able to just admit to you that I have no idea about something. Not that I haven't asked. Not that I haven't covered the team and seen what they do. On a daily basis, but I'm not a hundred percent sure they know, or that they themselves have it crystallized, that maybe it's something that wavers from player to player. And that in and of itself would dovetail with Charrington's oft-stated player plan that everything is catered to the individual. So, for example, If you have someone who uh, performs as if they can handle significant innings, you approach their game in which they're pitching a little bit differently. You might not have a piggyback guy ready. You definitely wouldn't be thinking about an opener. You might look at it from the standpoint of, hey, this guy, this is, this is someone who's shaping up as a little bit of a horse here. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and ride him. We're going to show some respect because he's showing us something. Now, who is it in the current rotational mix that fits that profile? I mean, the answer is exactly nobody. But But if you look at the way, for example, that they've handled Mitch Keller, just to pick him out here. Everything about that handling has reflected conventional old-style starter. He's healthy. He has the big frame. He has the big arm. Occasionally, will show big stuff. And when he's on, he will get somewhat quicker outs. And he'll look like he's cruising a bit. So I don't think you're going to see that when Marine, Shelton, or even upper management witnesses that sort of thing from Keller that they're going to say, yeah, we're just not going to do that. We're going to instead go with this cookie-cutter approach that we have for everybody. I believe that for the most part through 2020 and 2021 that what you saw was born from necessity. They would put a pitcher out there. He would give them three or four innings. They would thank their lucky stars that they got three or four innings from whoever that sieve happened to be. And then they would just move on. You know, it wasn't systematic. But as they graduate, this is where your question becomes uh, really a lot more pertinent. It's going to be interesting to see how they uh, look at. Younger individuals like a Rowanze Contreras, like Miguel yahure both of whom in the minors have been known to be capable of cruising, of of getting a team you know, a good amount of innings and not looking max effort in the process. Even Contreras, when he's thrown 100, doesn't have a max effort look to him, which is part of what makes him so attractive. It's going to be a work in progress. I don't believe there's an answer, Gary. I really don't. Not yet. I really don't. I appreciate the question. As always, I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do this again Monday.